Welcome to Encompass Purpose with Brad Bird, a show about topics people try to avoid. Change, accountability, Christianity, business, and family. Discipleship and loving thy neighbor are not suggestions. There's never been a time when the truth is more needed. So here's your host, Bradley Bird. How you doing? We're having an interview with Brian Fuller, and I apologize. Both these interviews got cut off at the beginning. So what we're talking about is people's worldly values compared to their values, their spiritual values of Christ, and how we'll make excuses to do worldly thing and put God second. How important, like, somebody's football team is to them. You know, and how oh my gosh. they put stuff way ahead you know, yeah. of God, you know, their football team, they wear their guys' jerseys and stuff like that, but it just... Uh, Absolutely. They, uh, we, we have our priorities all out of whack, so... Yeah, don't we? Oh, you do too? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, uh, and I don't really appreciate this guy. He's kind of one of them people that wants to be really famous, a famous pastor. Yeah. Yeah. But he said something terrific one time. He said, uh, I had a guy say, I'm not going to come to church with all them hypocrites. And he was like, we need another hypocrite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It That's is. the truth. It is. That's the truth. The biggest... Um, the biggest criticism that I've got is from other Christians. Mm-hmm. Because the people that aren't in the faith either want to know or they don't care. You know what I mean? They're either just like, I don't care what you're doing. You can do whatever you want. That's fine. It's great for you. You found Jesus. But when I start saying things, I'll get other Christians be like, is that from the Bible? Is that, are you sure that's what happened? Because it says right here in John 4, it's like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And, and and I feel like that criticism for me is, it's ridiculous because we're all in this together. It's like we should be encouraging and helping each other. And that's what I I found that in my very short years of, of, of since 2019, being a believer, two years, basically, two and a half years, it's like the amount of criticism I've got from other believers where it's just like, you know, it's amazing what I've heard. Like, you know, not everybody's an addict. Not everybody's a drug dealer. Not everybody's been to prison. You know, you shouldn't. You, what about the people that have been in their faith their whole lives? And I've got some of that before. It's like, how come you're not praising them? How come you're not thanking them? And it's like, because I'm not one of them. Because <laughs> I haven't been praising him my whole life. So it's like, I don't know. Some, some of the things are just... One other quick thing. Do you have hmm. an album coming out or anything? I've got all kinds of things coming out that I'm probably not supposed to talk about Um, yet. I believe we're really shooting for um, music coming this winter and a song out on the radio on K-Love this spring. And so really blessed by all that stuff. But there's a lot of amazing things that have happened um, in my life recently and stuff that I just can't talk about because they haven't talked about it yet. But um, there'll, there'll be some really amazing news that's coming, and God has just done nothing but open doors um, left and right, and so he's allowed me to write songs. I've got a hundred, over a hundred songs written, wow. written with the best songwriters in the whole world, these, these incredible songwriters, and basically uh, have put together this album of about nine of them, um, to release, and so I think we'll start trickling those out 
uh, in November, I hope. So that, that's kind of what, what we're all shooting for. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I know, uh, of course, Crossover Music Festival, you came and performed, but yeah. what struck me so much was I know I was involved with the music festival. So what you did beforehand, mm -hmm. I mean, just put yourself out there day after day after day trying to help people. Yeah, it was, it was really, uh, that's my favorite part. And um, I was just talking about it with Pastor this morning. If I ever forget those things, somebody kick me, somebody wake me up, somebody shake me. Because if I do forget about those things, like that's who I am, that's where I came from. And when you give somebody your word, you know, when I say, hey, I'm coming back, and then, and then you don't, that's like, what kind of, you know, I had faith in the fact that you were coming back. And you told me, you promised me you were, but you didn't. You know, and that cuts people and that hurts people. And I believe that that's, you know, that's been a big problem with our society is like, you know, we're relying on people. But when someone breaks that trust, it's like, well, I can't trust in anything. How can I trust in God if I can't even trust? You know what I mean? That the physical things that I'm trying to, to hold on to, the people that I'm trying to, because um, seeing is believing so many aspects, you know. So um, I'm grateful to have that opportunity. People, people ask me, they're like, you know, would, would you come visit our, our place? Would you come to light? Would you come to Lighthouse? Would you hang out with the guys? They'd love that. Tell your story. I was intimidated as could be. These big dudes, tattoos, and you know, I'm intimidated right now. <laughs> From you. Maybe, <laughs> but, but maybe, maybe 20 years ago. I, I, no, but I'm just saying like it, it's, but it's amazing what Holy Spirit does and what God breaks down all those walls of like, oh, you were nervous. You know, like here, I'm going to show you that it's all okay. It's all, it's all good. So I, I love doing that. It's not about the big shows. It's about putting the time in. And so I, I, I'm really thankful moving forward in all these little towns and cities that I'm able to visit. I'd love to like meet with the small ministries like this and well, hang out. You struck something that I think is so true. And I think Christians have really failed at it is a follow-through. Yeah. They do the altar calls, and that's great, and people get really excited about Jesus, but unless there's follow-up, they don't know what the next steps yeah. are. Yeah. And I was even uh, speaking earlier this week with the Billy Graham. Um, they're coming Route 66. Yes. And uh, they said that now. They know their most important part isn't with Franklin. It's after Franklin wow. with all them people to follow up just... Yeah. See how wise you are? Well, people don't... <laughs> I guess people, people don't forget, though. When you do them wrong... And it's like, it's like, for instance, when I do... When I play somewhere, do a show or something, and I'm singing, and it's really beautiful and amazing. And I get a lot of people that are like, Oh, you're so great. You're amazing. Oh, your voice. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, you reminded me of this. Oh, you did it. And then that one person that goes, Man, I really don't believe that happened to you. I take that home with me. And it's that one comment that did me wrong that I swallow and go, what do you mean it didn't happen to me? Of course it happened to me. Yeah, it happened to me. How do you know it didn't happen to me? And then I get mad and all that stuff starts welling up inside. But it's like that one, like you said, that one thing. And so when you put your trust in someone other than Jesus, 
you're gonna it's gonna fail because ever because because we as people aren't perfect and are destined to fail without him yeah and if my wife was here she could tell me just how unperfect <laughs> i am but... and i'm not married so praise <laughs> i'm praising god still but anyway yeah she would say the same i'm sure what uh can i ask what happened a couple of years ago that changed your life yeah i uh i spent most of my life, uh, I think when I was 18 is when I started doing cocaine. And um, I just, I grew up in a place, grew up in Vermont, no church, just a place that was spiritually cold. Um, yeah, a place that just, if you don't know it, you don't, if you don't, you know, if you don't know it, you don't know it. And so if you don't hear about Jesus, if you don't hear about the word, if you're constantly listening to cussing and complaints and problems, then that's the world you're going to live in. And so all of a sudden, um, I, I spent most of my life running away. And um, in 2019 is when I had this encounter um, for myself with God. And it's crazy. I, I moved out of Nashville in 2018. And so again, using most of my adult life, drinking, women, drugs, not caring. Um, I love drinking and driving. That was my favorite thing. Um, just by his grace, did I not get caught? I don't know how I didn't get caught or end up. And now doing all this prison ministry that I do, um, God's got me going to so many prisons and, um, so many missions and so many places and beautiful places with broken men like myself and I'm seeing all that now but I never got caught and like he just I almost did a couple of times and almost did a couple of times then my best friend dies of a heroin overdose in 2017 and all of a sudden all these things start happening my ex-girlfriend she leaves she goes back to drugs all these crazy things it's just like I've been so close to it my whole life. And um, in 2019, God, I, he, he found me. And, and I have a song called, He Found Me. And um, I had, I lost a lot of friends over it. You know, people were like, you know, oh, here comes Jesus. Oh, that's God, Ben's got God now. He found God. And it's like, no, actually he found me. And that's what I like to tell people. And it, and it just, that's the truth. And so anyway, God had sent a family from Vermont down to Franklin, Tennessee, so that I would trust them. I knew this family. I'd landscaped with their son for a short season um, growing up. And they invited me over for dinner one night. And I went over for dinner and then they said, hey, this is Saturday night. And they said, do you want to join us for church in the morning? I was like stuffing my face full of food. I'm like, yeah, church, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, I went to church that following morning in Franklin, Tennessee, Church of the City. And um, 3,000 people. It was crazy. Wow. But I stood in the, I stood in the um, aisle and I realized in that moment as they were leading worship, I'd never seen anything like it or felt anything like it. The music filled me up. And I've got a line in a song that's like, you put the skeleton key in and open the door to my heart. And it was like this old rusty lockbox that had just creeped open. And um, 
I realized in that moment I was going to sing this music the rest of my life. And it's like, it's crazy. And a few weeks later, I had an encounter at a prayer night there at Church of the City. And um, it was like nothing else I'd ever experienced. I believe it was the first time I'd experienced the Holy Spirit. And I was higher than I'd ever been in my entire life. And I didn't have to go to my truck to snort a line. I didn't have to crack open a cold beer. I didn't have to find a woman for sex. I didn't have to, I didn't have to find something to fill that up. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, what is going on with my life? I had people asking, like, are, are, are you, uh, uh, is somebody, is somebody put you in a trance? Is, is, is somebody brainwashing you down there? Like, what's going on with you? You're not swearing anymore. You're stopping drinking. Like, my life had drastically changed in a matter of months from that date on. And uh, November 10th, 2019, I came out of the water like a freight train <laughs> and, and uh, was baptized there and just said, God, use me. Choose me, pick me, send me everywhere I go. I don't care where, but you're in charge. You're in, you're in the lead. And uh, so I've been, you know, as a stonemason, I was a stonemason my whole life. And I hid this drug addiction for years and years and years and years and years and was able to function during the week and then party on the weekends. It took my best friend. It cost me a relationship, potential family and a relationship and God, God had all that in the works for, for right now so that we can talk about this truth and how real it is and that he was orchestrating this thing from the very beginning. It makes no sense to me. I'm like, I'm still confused as could be. And people ask me about the Bible and I'm like, I don't know, just ask him and open it up. That's all I do. And like, I'm learning these stories and how they relate to my life. And I'm learning so much about who he is. But the mystery of God is what keeps me coming back. That's what it is. I know, I know it. Because the satisfaction of sex, whether you're shooting yourself up or doing a line or drinking or whatever it is, that instant gratification, I know what it does to me. And I know the next day I feel awful. And so it's like that mystery of God, though, the little sprinkles, the little gifts, right? You know, like all of a sudden it's Christmas Eve, like sometimes. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, and then, and then God blesses you with something or put somebody in your life where you're like, wow, I needed to hear that. Or I needed that person to comfort me in that time. And those little gifts he gives are what keep me coming back. And he is the only reason why I'm, I'm two years and six days clean and sober right here, right now. And it, and it, and I don't understand why, but I don't have to, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like so many people want, like, I want, I want to lead more people to God and I want to show them that they can live to their fullest, even more than what they think they're living to right now. What a great message from Brian. If you haven't heard Brian, go and listen to his music. You can find him all over. He's really just a great guy. And, you know, he's really authentic and he's real. So that's what's so wonderful about him and what he's, where he's came from and where he's going. Our next interview is with Samaritan's Purse. And at the beginning, because of where she was, She's in the disaster area, so the static was real bad, so we had to cut that part out, but she was going into explaining 
what Samaritan Purse does and, you know, all the different areas they're in. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Mobilize volunteers to help people on the physical recovery side of things, um, gut their homes, get out water damage content and belongings, put tarps on roofs to secure and help to prevent further damage, and then also doing some tree work and debris removal as well. So now you've been hit by a couple other things too. Did you have the flooding issue down there also? Yes, in the area we're working, lots of homes received the storm surge, so there was a lot of floor up flooding, Um, but then in some of the areas, they received heavier wind damage, so some of the internal is going to be from rain coming in after those tarps didn't get on quite fast enough. So we have a whole spectrum of work ahead of us from everything from total guts inside homes to just people that are going to need some help getting their yards clear and free again. Yeah, and it's amazing how much you guys uh, mobilize. I know somebody that goes and volunteers, but then I also know uh, a couple that are chaplains with you. And so you guys do both the physical work and the emotional work, and it's all Christian-oriented, so it's just an amazing thing you guys do. Um, Do you have any stories from just right now with what you're doing? Yes, yeah, as you said, it is uh, all about the spiritual need for us is going in to people that uh, their hearts are aching. Most people were already going through something prior to the storm, and then the storm hits and it compiles. So our primary goal with mobilizing volunteers is to help people physically get get forward in the recovery, but more than that is to be hope and encouragement in the name of Jesus to their hearts. And that's the thing that we push with all of our volunteers is the work is important, but the people take priority, being there for them spiritually and emotionally. We actually have gotten to partner really strongly here with the local sheriff's offices in the parishes uh, surrounding us. And one of those sheriff's officers, we sent on a team to his home. Uh, They were there with him working on his home throughout the day. And while they were there, our chaplains from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association came to chat with him, to pray with him. And he ended up during that time while our team was there making a decision that he actually wanted to receive Jesus as his Savior. Um, And he gave his heart to the Lord in those moments. And his entire uh, disposition changed. I mean, you could tell that the weight was lifted off of his heart. He still has a long road to recovery, but he knows now he's not in it alone. And there's a God that loves him. He loves him enough that he sent some of his children to share that love with him. So we see people uh, having that transition daily, just being uplifted and encouraged by the work of our, our volunteers. Yeah, and it is just amazing. I mean, when you see somebody come to God and the changes and how quickly it happens. And your organization and the Billy Graham uh, Evangelistic Association, the work, how many people have came to Christ throughout the decades um, from both organizations. Now, I do think it's a little unfair that they have uh, the Route 66 tour and you're doing all the hard work down on the ground there. No, yeah, we're grateful for all of those ministry opportunities. There's always different ways to share the love of Christ. Sometimes it's the physical work, picking up the tools, and other times it's just evangelism, sharing from whatever platform the Lord gives. Now, one quick question. Uh, with what you're doing now, how many people, I don't think people realize how big operations you guys can do. Just in your area, how many people do you have on the ground? 
We have uh, about 50 people on the ground from out of town here at our host church, and that includes staff, a small number of staff, and chaplains, and then the majority is all volunteers. And they're coming from other states using their own resources to get here and spend some time to help the community that's hurting. Most of the time, after a hurricane, it, the damage is so widespread, a lot of people aren't able to volunteer locally because they're having to take care of their own needs. So we are really asking and pleading with people throughout the country that have some time to give uh, to come volunteer, spvolunteer.org, and have have that experience where you serve the Lord, you help someone along in their recovery, uh, but I assure them it will bless them just as much uh, just to serve and to to make that sacrifice, they'll be filled with joy too. Um, but we do have about 50 people on the ground, and we have roughly 780 families that have requested help from us. So we're thankful for all 50 of our folks, but we certainly would be willing to take more. The more hands and hearts that are willing to come, the more people we can serve faster and help them get on that road to recovery. That's a great point. How could people, uh, how can they contact you? How can they help? Yeah. So if anyone's interested in volunteering with Samaritan's Purse, there are lots of opportunities. And then, of course, we specifically have needs here in Louisiana. They can visit spvolunteer.org, spvolunteer.org, or they can call our volunteer line, 504-313-2741. We have two orientations daily. It's a quick safety briefing, about 30 minutes here at our host church, Saints Community Church in Metairie. They show up for that safety briefing. We go over some items with them, have them fill out some paperwork, and then we send them out with a team. We try and facilitate all of it so that all they have to do is show up ready to work with a bag lunch, and then we can put them on the road with a team that's already got the tools, supplies, protective equipment, and plan in place. That is so awesome. And I don't think people realize, you know, like, say COVID, a pandemic we've never seen before. All of a sudden, you guys were there and made mobile hospitals. I mean, that's so amazing. And you just do that, you know, in Louisiana. You just are all of a sudden there and you're there to help. And the support you give is just incredible. Well, thank you for that encouragement. It's definitely uh, an operation that requires all parts of the body. So we're grateful for our volunteers, our staff, our chaplains. Uh, but the Lord's provided all of that. And so we continue just to reflect the praise back to Him. Yeah, and one other thing I would like to mention, you guys don't go there, I guess, kind of for fun to volunteer. I know from the volunteers I've talked to, I mean, they're out cutting trees and working long days and they just love it and love to help people and serve people. You guys work some substantial hard task and substantially hard days also. Yes, yeah, our volunteers definitely, they, they come to serve and they get that experience to the fullest. We're typically out in the field from 8 a.m. to about 5 p.m. And we are plowing the hard ground, you know, gutting homes, prying up flooring, getting out sheetrock, tarping roofs doing a lot of tree work and again uh the spiritual need there is greater but meeting the physical need segues into an opportunity to meet that spiritual need when people that are hurting see strangers fill their yard with no other purpose but to help them 
that communicates love louder than just about anything else can. So it's an incredible opportunity, and that joy is what fills our volunteers and continues to give them endurance for each day as they're working those long, hard hours. Talk about a perfect example of discipleship. I, I would say that would be it. I know you're pressed for time, so if I could get you to uh, tell us your information one more time, so hopefully we can get you more volunteers down on the ground there to help out. Absolutely. Yeah, we have all the equipment in place. We have the leadership. We just need willing hands and hearts. And if anyone would be willing to give some of their time, either here locally a few hours or maybe uh, someone that would like to make the trip and actually stay on site with us, they can visit spvolunteer.org, spvolunteer.org, or they can call us at 504-313-2741. Well, thanks again for your time. Oh, thank you, Brad. We so appreciate all the work that you're doing to shed light on uh, God's ministry here in Louisiana. You bet. And we just actually bought a motorhome, so we're hoping to do some chaplain work with Billy Graham. That would be amazing. Yeah, you'll love it. (laughs) So from what I've heard, some of the stories are just terrific. So um, I actually had the opportunity to have lunch with two chaplains and a I guess what you'd call a worker, and mm-hmm. all their stories were just amazing. So, Yeah, there's some pretty heart-wrenching things that you come across, um, obviously, because there's been a disaster, but then so many people were hurting before the disaster. So just, it, it is hard, but who better to shoulder the burdens of hurting people than God's children? You know, it's not necessarily easy for us to hear those stories day after day, but at the same time, who better to take those burdens before the Lord and intercede for those people? So, and I appreciate it. I actually have family down there by Lake Charles. So, oh wow, I, I appreciate yeah, all the work hard. you do. So, well, I'll Thank let you, you let you get back to it, and I really do okay. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Visit us on Facebook at Encompass Purpose Radio.